The following message was recorded at Shades Valley Community Church in Homewood, Alabama. For more information and resources from Shades Valley, please visit us at shadesvalley.org. Our scripture this morning comes from Philippians 2, 9 through 11 and Philippians 4, 21 through 23. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me greet you. All the saints greet you, especially those in Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray together, Shades. Father, we are so grateful. You raised your son from the dead by the power of your spirit. Lord, let us just feel anew the joy that comes from that. Let us celebrate anew the truth and the reality of that. Let us live anew in light of the resurrection of your Son. Open our eyes by your Spirit to look into your Word and to see your glory in the face of Jesus. We love you. We pray these things in the name of your Son, Jesus, and by the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. I invite you to open your Bibles to Philippians chapter 4. It's Philippians 4, Shades Valley. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Oh, how I wish that I could hear your response. I pray. I pray that you are responding right now in your homes. I pray that your voices are resounding with the declaration, He is risen indeed. Does it feel strange to declare those words today? Like, like in the midst of this moment, Usually on this day, we are all here together. There's an electricity in the air as we've come together to celebrate the resurrection of Christ. And, and in the context of, of corporate celebration, to, to declare the words, Christ is risen, He is risen indeed, doesn't seem strange at all. But now, on this day, when we're not gathered, but we are scattered 
all across our our city, throughout our community. In in this moment, when we may not feel like there is much to celebrate at all, because all we see around us is the pandemic that that surrounds us, in this context of distress, disease, and death, does it feel strange to declare He is risen indeed? Does does that not feel like a declaration of impossible joy? Yet, that is precisely what those words have always been. Those words originated in the context of distress and death. They were first spoken by an angel from the doorway of a tomb, a place of distress and death. And yet, he declared this, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, he is risen. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. A declaration of impossible joy made possible by a resurrection reversal. That is our gospel, Shades. That is our good news. News of impossible joy. Joy that gets declared from impossible places, like from the doorway of a tomb. That That's why it should not feel strange for us to say on this day, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. It shouldn't feel strange because our gospel was first proclaimed in a graveyard. It is right at home being preached amidst a pandemic. Because it powerfully brings forth joy from such impossible places. Impossible places like Philippi. As as we have studied throughout this letter we have seen the philippian christians they were experiencing disunity within the church they were experiencing persecution from outside the church and yet in the midst of that paul writes this letter to call them to joy in jesus that sounds impossible like really paul like in this place with affliction within and persecution from without. In this place, we're to, we're to seek joy in Jesus. That doesn't seem possible. So, right at the heart of this letter in chapter 2, Paul proclaims what makes impossible joy possible. He proclaims the gospel of resurrection reversal. Listen to it. Philippians 2, verses 8 through 11. Jesus humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him. In other words, he raised him, raised him from the dead. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Paul looks squarely at Philippi and says, Philippi, you think God can't bring joy out of your situation? Look at how he brought joy out of the grave. Impossible joy in impossible places. That's our God's speciality. That's what the gospel does. The gospel takes people who are separated from God by their sin, who deserve nothing but death and damnation. And the gospel takes that and it puts all of that upon Christ on the cross. And it gives to those people Christ's perfect life, their right, His righteousness, and reconciles them to God so that they get full joy forever in Him. Like, people 
who were incapable of full, forever joy. People that were, were in that impossible place. God saves them through faith and brings forth impossible joy. That's what the Gospel does. And that's what the Gospel will do. Because shades, the day will come when Christ returns to make all things new. And this world of distress and disease and death will be fully and finally redeemed. And this world, in this world, in this impossible place, full and final impossible joy will be brought forth. This is what the gospel will do. And shades, this is what the gospel is already doing. Right now. Right now, the, the resurrection of Jesus has already begun the reversal that will one day be brought to completion. His resurrection, it's, it's a breaking in of the age to come when all of death will be turned backwards. That's, that's already started with the resurrection of Jesus. And, and as that gospel goes forth, it is already reversing things on its way. It is already bringing impossible joy out of impossible places right now. That is what Paul wants the Philippians and us to see as he closes this letter. He wants the Philippians to see right now in your place of disunity, in your place of persecution, the gospel can bring forth joy. And shades, right now, in your situation, in your place of distress, disease, and death, amidst a pandemic, the gospel can bring forth joy. Because that's what the gospel does. It proclaims from the doorway of a tomb, Christ is risen, He's risen indeed. From impossible places, it brings forth impossible joy. Paul concludes by saying, see that truth, believe that truth, Philippi. See that truth, believe that truth, Shades. See and believe the gospel of impossible joy. Shades, let's, let's see it and believe it together. Philippians chapter 4, we're going to read the final three verses, 21 to 23. Paul says, greet every saint in Christ Jesus the brothers who are with me greet you. All the saints greet you, especially those of Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. This is, this is more than just a quick close to Paul's letter. It's, it's a final proclamation to pursue joy in Jesus. It's a final proof that joy in Jesus is possible, and it's a final reminder that the power to seek joy in Jesus has been provided. Let's take those three things one at a time. First, a final proclamation to pursue joy in Jesus. Look at the first sentence of verse 21. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. This is odd. It's not, 
It's not odd for Paul to conclude his letter with greetings. He almost always does that. But it is odd that he doesn't name a single specific Christian in the Philippian church to greet. Like usually, at the end of his letter, he's like, greet so-and-so, and and greet so-and-so, and and this person, and that person. But right here, this feels far more general. And that's odd, that feels strange, because we know from going throughout the letter how close Paul's relationship is with the church at Philippi. Like, debatably, he's closer with this church than with any other. We've heard him say things like uh, thanking them for their partnership, their friendship, their fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. We've heard him talk about how he, he feels the affection for them that is the very affection of Christ Jesus. He loves them. He longs for them. They're his joy. They're his crown. Paul gushes with affections for the Philippian Christians throughout this letter. So why does he end with a one-sentence generic greeting? Look, look at it a bit closer with me. and What we'll actually see is that this greeting is not as generic as it might first appear. It's actually incredibly specific. Greet every saint, every single saint, individually. The Greek makes that explicitly clear. Like one at a time, every single one of them. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. He is naming the Christians to greet. He's naming them all. Why? Because he is writing to a church that we know has been struggling within itself to be unified. And so instead of naming just a few people and it seeming like he's playing favorites and potentially further dividing an already disunified church, no, he encourages unity. Every single one of you. Greet every single one. Y'all do this together. Amidst your disunity, Paul, amidst their disunity, Paul is constantly called the Philippians to be unified. Specifically, he's called them to be unified in their pursuit of joy in Jesus. Every time he has talked about unity, that has been connected with a pursuit of joy in Christ. And that's what's going on here as well. As he recalls to their mind one last time a proclamation, y'all be unified, he says, be unified in Christ Jesus. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. He's making the call one more time. Y'all pursue joy in Jesus together. Every last one of you. I have constantly called you throughout this letter to pursue joy in Jesus together, and I'm proclaiming it one final time. This is a final proclamation amidst the Philippians' seemingly impossible situation. They are to pursue joy in Jesus. And Shades, as we conclude our study of this letter, I want to proclaim the same thing to you one final time. Amidst your seemingly impossible situation of social distancing in a pandemic. In that situation, pursue joy in Jesus together. I know, I know, you can't physically be together, so we're going to have to get creative in order to do this together. Call each other, FaceTime, Zoom, Google Hangouts, I, I don't care what it is. Sit in one another's front yards and talk 
out the front door to each other, talk through windows together, live stream, do what it takes to press on in pursuing joy in Jesus. Yes, amidst a pandemic, in this place and situation where it seems like joy is impossible, let's show the world the gospel of impossible joy. We can do that. It is possible to do that. Paul shows Philippi and us one final time that joy in Jesus is possible, even amidst seemingly impossible situations. That's what he does next. He's given us a final proclamation to pursue joy in Jesus. Now he gives us, number two, a final proof that joy in Jesus is possible. A final proof that joy in Jesus is possible. Look at the second sentence of verse 21, and let's read all the way through verse 22. The brothers who are with me greet you. All the saints greet you, especially those of Caesar's household. So Paul sends greetings from two groups. The first group are the brothers who are with him. Most likely these are his close confidants and co-workers. And then he gives a second group, all the Christians who are here in this city of Rome around me. However, within that second group, all the Christians in Rome, he focuses in on a smaller group. Group. He, ca- he calls attention to them. He, he says, all the saints in Rome greet you especially. Melista is the Greek word. It means most of all, above all, especially. Like in other words, Paul is saying, there is a group that above all, above all the other greetings you're about to receive, there is a group that above all you need to know They are greeting you, Philippi. Who is it? All the saints greet you, especially those of Caesar's household. Caesar's household. This this could include members of Caesar's own family or slaves who work for his family or it could include soldiers or any number of civil servants Caesar's household was quite large but the point that Paul is making is that even some on the Roman emperor's staff have gone from saying Caesar is Lord to Jesus is Lord and Philippi most of all you need to hear them You need to hear them greet you in Christ because, Philippi, you are experiencing opposition from the Roman culture surrounding you, making it seem like you're an impossible place to find joy in Jesus. So I want you to hear right from the heart of that Roman Empire that opposes you, I want you to hear greetings in Christ from your brothers and sisters. Philippi, It is precisely in impossible places that the gospel brings about impossible joy. It's kind of like the first time I I flirted with my wife, Holly. She thought I was dating somebody else and that I was a two-timing jerk. But we are married now. Impossible joy out of impossible places. Or if you need a different picture, it's kind of like my mom's best friend growing up, Mary Lou. Mary Lou was born after her mother had a hysterectomy. She had no uterus, and she had a baby. That's a true story. The doctor looked at this woman and said, 
There's no way. I did your hysterectomy. There's no way you're pregnant. If you're pregnant, I will deliver this baby for free. And he did deliver that two-pound, three-ounce miracle baby. Impossible joy from an impossible place. Paul is saying, Philippi, that's what the gospel does precisely in impossible places, it brings about impossible joy. Philippi, look at the heart of the Roman power that is oppressing you. Look at Caesar's own house and you will see brothers and sisters greeting you. Like an angel standing at the doorway of a tomb proclaiming Christ is risen, these saints stand inside Caesar's house proclaiming greetings in the name of Him who is risen indeed. Philippi, shades, this is one final proof that joy in Jesus is possible no matter the impossible place you find yourself in. Yep, even in a pandemic. Even if you've lost your job and your economic security. Even if you've lost your health. Even on the day you find yourself losing your very life. In the midst of distress and disease and death. See the proof that the gospel brings impossible joy out of impossible places. Out of tombs. Out of Caesar's house. Out of pandemics. See and believe the gospel of impossible joy. Shades. See and believe that gospel can bring forth joy in your own heart and life right now. It can bring forth joy in your own heart and life. It can bring forth joy. See and believe that it can bring forth joy in the hearts and lives of those around you who are searching for hope. Our world is searching for hope. And you may think that it's impossible for those around you, your neighbors, your family, to embrace the gospel. See and believe. That's precisely what the gospel does. Let's demonstrate and declare this gospel to the, the world. Shades we can show the world hope because our gospel is one that gets announced in graveyards. It's one that gets preached in pandemics. It brings joy to the impossible places because it is a gospel of impossible joy. Let's demonstrate and declare it to the world. We can. We can because the power to do so is provided. It's the, it's the last thing Paul says. He's given us a final proclamation to pursue joy in Jesus, a, a final proof that joy in Jesus is possible. Now he gives us number three, a final reminder that the power to seek joy in Jesus has been provided. The power to seek joy in Jesus has been provided. Verse 23, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Everything you need has been given to you in Jesus. Freely. Undeservedly. It's grace. And it's yours. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. He, 
Christ died upon the cross, Shades, to make you his own. And that includes the power to bring you all the way home and to proclaim him every step of the way. He rose from the dead to prove that all that is needed has been purchased through him and given to you. Shades, this is the greatest good news of the gospel. This This is the most impossible joy made possible. Jesus is providing you with every ounce of power you need so that you are guaranteed to make it all the way home to Him as your full forever joy. Shades, in this seemingly impossible place, pursue the joy that seems impossible. Joy in Jesus. See the proof that such joy is actually possible. It burst forth from the tomb. And believe, Shades, believe that every ounce of power has been provided for you to pursue joy in Christ. Shades, see and believe the gospel of impossible joy.